0: You're listening to episode 77 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. How to help EL students with literacy, especially as they enter U.S. educational system in upper elementary grades or later, is an eternal question for all of us. There are so many nuances in this. For example, an EL specialist will work with those students to ensure their language acquisition process, The content area teachers need to know what and how to accommodate for English learners with beginning literacy. And literacy begins with reading appropriate level books, which are few and far between for older learners. My today's guest, Kyle Larson, and I talk about just that. How do you build students' literacy and confidence from the ground up? Kyle studied Spanish language and English linguistics at Western Oregon University, and he has a master's in teaching from Northwest University. He has taught kindergarten, high school, university, and adults in Mexico, China, Colombia, and the U.S. He has recently relocated from Washington State to Texas, where he teaches ELL at Frisco High School. He is also the CEO of Air Language, about which we will talk a little bit towards the end of the episode. We talk about assumptions, classroom accommodations, and most importantly, stories how stories can help cultivate lifelong readers. I am excited to share our conversation with you, and I know it will be super valuable. And if you'd like to see us, you can watch the recording of this interview on my YouTube channel at Simply Yeva ESL. All right, let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grosslis, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to the podcast. Hey,
1: thank you very much, Eva.
0: It is awesome to have you here. And I have uh, quite a few questions ready for you. And uh, we're going to have a short conversation. Uh, You have a vast experience. And uh, the first question that I always ask all of my listeners is, guess what? Tell us a little bit. Back of your story, how did you decide to become an ELL teacher?
1: (laughs) Well, it's a kind of a, it's a long story. Um, I I won't make it too long though.
0: (laughs) I like long stories. That's good. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, no, I, I made, I studied uh, Spanish in high school and that was the first thought uh, that I wanted to be an ELL teacher and uh, kind of forgot about it for a long time. Went to college and started studying Spanish and I neared the end of my you know my experience there and I was like man I kind of need to add something else I don't mean just a Spanish major maybe I want to add another major so I added an English linguistics degree and that's proved uh pretty invaluable really uh I got a I got a certificate to teach English as a foreign language because I really wanted to travel around the world so I graduated and I moved to Mexico, started teaching down there in a small private school. Um, I came back up to the States, got my master's and I went and taught in China, came back, taught in the university. Um, Since then I've taught in a couple uh, or three different high schools in the States, two in Washington, um, one in uh, Texas, and I also did a brief brief stint in Colombia, So, yeah, I just love language. Yes. Language and, yeah. yeah. Oh, l- I can totally so. relate
0: to that. <laughs> I can so relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Is, so you have a wide array of like knowledge of how the different cultures function, how different languages function. Uh, that is like a very big asset for an ELL teacher. It is not necessary, uh, but it is very, very helpful, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, especially the cultural understanding, just understanding what you can and can't talk about with certain students.
0: Yes. um,
1: Well, it opens doors.
0: Yeah. You know, absolutely. So what grade levels do you work with and talk a little bit about your teaching setup? Because there's always a variety of teaching setups, you know, like uh, uh, do you have like a large classroom, a classroom, a closet? um, You know, how many students do you coach the teachers?
1: yeah so I do I've, I uh, right now i'm at a, I'm at a high school in, in Texas and uh, I teach um, kind of just beyond newcomers so they've been this, these students have been here for about maybe a year or a year and a half and um, um, I've taught you know all, all over the all, all over the board all across the board from those newcomers to um, LTELs. do they call them L in New Hampshire?
0: No, they they don't. We just, yeah. just
1: long term English learners. Yeah, I is... know
0: I think like uh we probably do, but uh, a lot of times like we have smaller districts, so it's not even we just say the full thing long-term English learners, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to LTELs, which yeah, is... just another
1: acronym to just yeah. another education acronym to learn. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but also yeah, we I also uh coach. Uh, last year, I coached uh, social studies teachers, and this year, it's going to be um, like mainstream English teachers.
0: That is awesome, though, because this is one of the things that I'm looking into seeing. I I want um, I collaborate with teachers a lot uh, because that's just daily bread and butter. Right. But uh, just to take a small group of of teachers, especially like social studies. Right. That is such a topic that is. To me, personally, it's very, very interesting, and I love helping English learners, you know, access it. But at the same time, knowing, you know, sharing the knowledge with the mainstream teachers, just saying, hey, like, this is what you can do. This is such an amazing, amazing opportunity.
1: I know. Like you say, like the the stories, the the historical stories are so, well, there's a lot of them are, are pretty fun. And it's too bad that a lot of our students, it just goes right over their heads. Yes. For one yeah. reason or another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could probably do another podcast episode just about the stories and how to present them, but uh, we're going to stick to what we have for today. <laughs> right. So okay. I uh, looked at your answers in the questionnaire and uh, what is it? You have such a vast experience, right? So we talked about the different cultures and everything, but Uh, What would you say is the biggest problem that the teachers encounter in general when teaching English learners?
1: Um, I think the biggest problem is probably uh, a lack of, um, a general lack in understanding of, of theory and uh, maybe like classroom organization. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at, um, I think, let's say, let's say just teachers who teach English learners here in the United States, um, say they're teaching content and and an English learner comes in. It's really difficult for those teachers to break things down to like the basic concepts. Yeah. um, Because there's so much assumed knowledge that they, (laughs) right. They just, they just assume that the students know and, and Students coming from another country oftentimes don't know who, say, George Washington was. Yep. So um, they just say it, and they expect people to learn. So that's a that's a that's one. Um, but the but the general theory is has been something that I've seen across the schools I've been at. Uh, let's just say <laughs> there's a let's say there's a some tea I don't want to say too much you know mm-hmm. but um to discredit some people yeah. um a lot of people just don't understand uh the basic fundamentals of, of what it means to teach uh English as, yeah. as a language
0: I do know. believe that uh sometimes uh the the I think I want to break the barrier down because um uh, I had a conversation with a science teacher uh while we were waiting for um a meeting with a with a parent and I, I tried to present this idea that you know every teacher is a language teacher, right? And I think it is so hard for uh people to grasp it because when you say you're a language teacher, somehow immediately your brain goes to grammar rules. And then if you don't know the grammar rules, then it's terrible. And then essays and and like all of the things that likely you didn't like in your language Lessons, right? But I said, what about if you think about this? You're a science expert, right? Or a social studies expert. And you have to teach uh, that subject, but you teach it through the medium of language, which means the language of science is not the same as, let's say, metaphors in uh, language arts, right? So Mm -hmm. you have to teach the vocabulary. You have to break down the information in a way that the students are, you know, access it. And that is what being a language teacher is. I think for a moment, I think I saw a light bulb go off. And then we had a meeting and I don't know if it stuck, but at least I think it was like one of those little things. But I think, you know, what you're doing and what I'm trying to do and what all of us are trying to do is to see that language learning is not a one-off and that um, like you said the assumptions about or or um, about the content are abundant so let's break those down and just accommodate and then you know um, how can teachers accommodate like for example how can you as a high school teacher right uh, accommodate for every student who walks in your classroom or how can you accommodate for those who enter partway through the the, the school year, right? So, what, what would your answer and uh, maybe suggestion or advice be uh, in regards to these questions?
1: Would you say for content teachers or for like English, oh, English teachers? For English yeah. language
0: teachers and for content teachers.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's it's really simple for content teachers, and you have to make it simple for them. Yeah. right because they're intimidated by by english learners a lot of times yes yeah so i think breaking it down giving like like coming up with uh with a, like a list of vocabulary words for mm-hmm. for content teachers or um you know they say sentence stems and i don't necessarily enjoy sentence stems but it's a pretty good way to pin uh knowledge onto yep. the language um but i would say uh well, when it comes to, to accommodate, accommodating the different uh, linguistic abilities in the EL classroom.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think it's really important for all the students to get the right level of, of input. Yes. So when I do my, my, let's say I, I teach my, my adults, there are a lot of different levels in there. And we basically build up from just simple words and concepts you know that's kind of how we do that uh but when it comes to uh, my own classroom um and we have to teach more academic concepts mm-hmm. um i personally it's about it's about reading it's 100 percent about reading so um leveled readers and uh individual interaction is kind of the route that I've gone to accommodate.
0: Finding leveled readers for high schoolers is not as easy as um, for elementary school, right? So you have uh, founded a company that actually accommodates uh, this very, very big need for EL teachers and students, right? So you are the founder CEO, CEO of Air Language. Tell us all about what it is. I checked out your website and uh, everything. So I want to hear, you know, you know, why you created it, what it offers and how how it can help the teachers.
1: Yeah. So I I, I was teaching in uh, in a high school in Federal Way, Washington. And it's I think it's one of the most diverse places in the country. I'm pretty sure. I think I remember someone saying that people like to say that, though. So okay. <laughs> maybe it wasn't really true. <laughs> and uh, I, we were I was getting like a student every couple of weeks, oh, a wow. new student from a different place. So I think I had like eight different languages mm-hmm. at the end of the class. I think I had eight different languages in the classroom, um, all different levels and different levels of knowledge and different gaps as well.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yep. So what one student knew, maybe that student was lower than the other student, but the other student uh, or but but that student did know what the other student didn't know. So how do you get them to share that knowledge? That was a big question. Um, And how do you get that gap from, you know, maybe to both students? They might both need it. So um, basically, um, air language is a system of leveled books. And uh, there are four levels, and those levels are organized by, uh, let's say, sequence and acquisition. So the grammatical uh, schema students learn as they grow in their uh, learning of English.
0: Oh, I love that. Um,
1: Yeah. So that's, so, uh, and within each level, there are uh, groups of books. So like 10 10 books about sports, 10 books about schools, 10 books about... So they're all related to different contexts, Mm -hmm. all with shared vocabulary. And uh, an air classroom is basically run uh, like the students come in to the classroom and for the first 15, 20, maybe 25 minutes, they take their Chromebooks out and they read these different books all accompanied by a quiz five Mm question quiz for about, for, for that time. And during that time, the teacher has the freedom to pull students up to their desk and talk to them individually about the books, about what they're reading and uh, kind of impart a goal or maybe collaborate with the student to come up with a reading goal.
0: So that is kind of like a individual conferencing, right? Or sometimes even small group conferencing, which is frequently used in elementary grades um, but there's not, um, I haven't seen it very widely used uh, in a high school setting, uh, maybe in reading special education reading classes, you know, I am not entirely sure, but I know that uh, uh, because I've had this trouble of trying to figure out how to level those readings and how to bridge those gaps, you know, um, I think you have come with a with a very, very interesting solution that is so useful and so helpful for so many what about so it from what i assume is it does it go by topics or uh so the main focus he said is the grant like the the language acquisition right so like i would assume i would i would assume i don't like to assume but <laughs> i would assume level mm-hmm. one uh would have books with the verb to be and uh simple like uh tangible nouns or action verbs right
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and 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 those important uh verbs like what did they call them the big five i used to work in a language we do
0: company. have and and, and uh can well yeah can
1: yeah so there are five i don't remember they said go go do be have, mate, uh, and have. Yeah.
0: yeah i can't remember either but i know that these are the most important verbs because they're almost in every single sentence so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. so so those are in a lot of those uh, in a lot of those books, but also the 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 verbs that are important or just the words, the vocabulary yeah. that's important to to the to the context as well,
0: yeah. so and how do students react to this? Like so what? So you've tried them with your own students. You've tried these books, and tell me what is the student's reaction because, uh, you know, high schoolers are not an easy beast. So <laughs> sometimes you have to entertain them, right? I'm like it's not funny. This is boring, right? But uh, yeah. so <laughs> tell us a little bit like how do they find it? How do you how do you engage them? How do they um, how's this going in the classroom?
1: Yeah, so so sometimes, so I've I've done this with with a lot of different students and and other teachers have as, as well. And, uh, you got to start out small. Yeah. Right. Um, so maybe we'll read for like five minutes or seven, seven minutes and, and read without stopping for seven minutes. That's the goal for the day. And then, and, uh, usually what I've done is after we're finished reading, I go up to the front of the class and I say, okay, we're going to rate ourselves on a one to five scale. Mm -hmm. How well did you do today? And then they have to rate themselves in front of their peers and they don't want to be outdone
0: no of course not <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so cool i did this
1: <laughs> exactly yeah and then every week just kind of slowly grow the number of minutes until you get to the desired number mm-hmm. um also i've found that those reading conferences when you pull students up and you say hey tell me about your reading do you like reading um, there's like the, the first step is just in our uh, reading protocol protocol is is a, a rapport building so yeah. you're just teachers are just supposed to build rapport and sometimes that's all a teacher can do during a reading conference
0: yeah
1: um so once you sit down and have a, like an honest conversation with a student about maybe just how they feel about learning the language what's difficult yeah. Sometimes that's just enough for them to to realize, oh wow, I have the power to yeah. grow my language. I don't need a teacher yeah. to to grow the to grow my language. I can sit down. I could read these books, yeah. and then um, and then what we do is we also give uh, like a goal, a reading goal, and that shows up right on the student's uh, interface. So mm-hmm. so uh, teacher writes maybe, oh, I'm gonna read for uh 15 minutes six days this week and uh you can check in with them and say oh good job you did that and um yeah so that's those those are like these little hooks into yeah there's we have we have a lot more ways to build uh um, a habit of reading there in our uh, our ebook which people can su- subscribe for
0: Absolutely, absolutely. yeah, And I think, mm-hmm. I again, I, I, I'm just so in awe of, of the fact that there's this solution, you know, finally out there. So, so I just wanted to ask you, this sounds all wonderful. And so we have a lot of like new ELL teachers and, uh, you know, the beginning of the school year and everything. So, What would your advice regarding accommodations and reading and teaching in general, you know, uh, be to new ELL teachers who are just starting out?
1: Okay. Well, number one, I would say, as the as a CEO of a company, I would say, use their language.
0: Okay. Okay. Hey, that's fair. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I think. I think the real thing that you've got to consider, teachers have to consider this, and it's not encouraged by a lot of the standards that we are required to teach by. Consider what students want to learn about, the language that they need immediately. Yes. Yes. You know, so we can't just sit down and say, oh, guess what? Ninth grade is going over metaphors. Um, So we're going to teach about metaphors. Well, here's the, the hard part about that is you need the concrete knowledge in order to get to the abstract.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And the metaphors are abstract. Yes. Yeah. So you kind of really uh, maybe pick and choose this, the standards that you'd like to teach by that um, will align more closely with what students need
0: today. Absolutely. That is like really good advice because you're right. You know, uh, the high schoolers come in, Uh, some of them have never learned English and some have just a little bit, you know, and it really is difficult to, you know, I I see them. Oh my gosh, I have to write a metaphor. What is the metaphor? I don't even know how to pronounce that word, you know, and yes, what they need. So I, I really, I'm a proponent of this and this is really, really good advice. So Kyle, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about air language? Um, just shoot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um okay, so AIR actually does it, it is it is an acronym and it stands for advancement by individual reading.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So um the, the our, our website, our landing page is air air language learning.com. AIR language learning.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the actual uh site that students are the students use is airlanguage.io.
0: Okay, so,
1: um, and, and it directs you from the landing page. you know, it directs you there once once you order it. So
0: right, And I will make sure I link the page uh, underneath this video and uh, underneath the podcast episode of wherever you guys are listening. Thank you so much, Kyle, for joining me today and for sharing your knowledge and for sharing your wonderful product. Thanks, Eva. I'm happy to be here. All right, until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed my conversation with Kyle even more. Kyle is one of the speakers at our third annual Confident ESL Teacher Summit, and I am so excited to share his presentation with all of you. The Confident ESL Teacher Summit is a free virtual professional development event for EL teachers in grades K through 12, and it will take place on August 14th through 16th of 2023. It is jam-packed with actionable presentations from wonderful fellow teachers, so make sure you sign up so you don't miss it. You can find the registration link right in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you inside. Thank you for listening, and until next time.